0: This episode includes a listener question about disordered eating. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With host Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having
2: and Emily Lubin.
0: Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse
2: your boosh.
0: Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Remy. And I'm Emily. And today we are discussing a uh, recent study from the University of Vermont. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do a Dear DST.
2: Yeah. So As you know, I'm obsessed with TikTok. I like to watch it. I like to play a bunch of them for you. I like to dissect them. But recently, UVM had a study that found that TikTok perpetuates toxic diet culture amongst teens and young adults. They found that the most viewed content on TikTok relating to food, nutrition, and weight perpetuates a toxic diet culture among these people and that expert voices are largely missing from the conversation, which means the people that are giving the most advice know the least.
0: Yeah. And I have personally have noticed this. Have you noticed this in your own TikTok travels? Definitely. And so I feel like the
2: ones that I share on here are usually, they're not like, oh, this is how to be nutritious. This is how to live. No, no, no. They're commentaries on diet culture versus ones that like, I have scrolled past these massive, massive weight loss stories that like, sometimes I'm like, oh, like, is that what we should be striving for? You know? And then I'm like, no, no, no. That's like a pitfall.
0: Yeah. And that kind of um, summarizes how I feel about a lot of the content on TikTok. Yeah. I do think it's a an amazing place for people to share ideas. Yep. And I've learned... A lot from watching TikToks, especially in the health at every size space. There's so much to learn, and you can hear from so many voices that are just not normally amplified. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. However, I do also notice really toxic trends. We've talked about body checking before, and you see it a lot on TikTok.
2: Do you want to just remind people about body checking?
0: Yeah. So body checking is basically any behavior that you use to gauge your body size or the aesthetics of your body throughout the day. So a lot that you'll see on TikTok- Turning to the
2: side, making sure that your stomach is flat, Um, putting your arm out, pinching the- choopy part um grabbing your love handles grabbing even uh you know stretching your face
0: oh yeah I see that looking
2: with wrinkles or whatever
0: Mm -hmm. like giving yourself a little pseudo faceless
2: yeah taking inventory and making sure everything's okay but usually it's like oh things are not okay
0: yeah taking inventory is a really good way to put it for me, the ones that drive me crazy. And I've seen a lot of these pop up in my Instagram reels, actually, mm. uh, lately. People oh, will repost They've made them. it over there. Yes, e- they've even made it over there to the <laughs> land of Instagram. All these years later. So are you familiar with What I Eat in a Day videos, this, this I, trend? I, I am. Um, I have thoughts, but yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I think that there are what I eat in a day videos that are perfectly fine and balanced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see a lot of dietitians that I follow yeah, and specifically health at every size dietitians will do what I eat in a day. And it's actually very helpful because it shows how varied your diet can be and how you can be listening to your body and, mm-hmm. and eating a wide assortment of different foods and be really healthy. And it's all a part of a holistic, healthy lifestyle. And I think that's fantastic. However, a lot of people are hopping on that trend who are exhibiting disordered eating behaviors. Right. And they will start off the video with what I eat in a day, like the text, and it'll be them in a mirror with their shirt up. Like holding mm-hmm. up their shirt, flashing their stomach. And the implication of that being your opening image is mm-hmm. this is this what is you what should you eat, eat look to like. look like this. Yeah. And I am. And hate this is that. what
2: you will look like if you eat like this, which is like not gonna happen for most people because that's just not how their body works.
0: It's also not going to happen for most people because most of these girls that are doing it are 22 years old. But that's what I'm saying. And that's
2: how their bodies work is Mm -hmm. like they're they're just predisposed to having a certain type of metabolism, skeletal structure, types of muscle, you know, like they're a specific person that you are not. And yeah, I've been seeing a lot of those videos that aren't even intentionally weight loss videos, but they will show I'm particularly thinking about this young, skinny, stay at home girlfriend who does like my days as stay at home girlfriend. And it's like this is she's showing you what she eats during the day. Why um, is she a
0: stay at home girlfriend? Her boyfriend's just rich? I guess so. All right. Get it, girl. Yeah, I
2: used to jokingly call myself a stay-at-home girlfriend when I was just like
0: unemployed and just just out of college. Yeah, you don't like to leave the house. That's different. You're not cleaning. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But most of her videos, they're not even diet-based, but they are like the things that she's preparing and... There's not a lot of food like it's like a green juice and then like a coffee and then like another type of juice and then like an acai bowl. And then uh, so she's not it's not supposed to be like, oh, this is what I eat during the day. But you notice that throughout the day while she's doing all these activities, she's only drinking and not really eating. And so it's like this other thing of, well, if you want to be a stay at home girlfriend who looks like this, like you better not be eating anything solid.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I do see a lot of green juice and acai bowls being shilled on there like Mm -hmm. it's the magic elixir of life. I think a lot of these foods that you'll see these thin women in their perfect little workout sets Mm-hmm. And what you see them eating, it is supposed to be aspirational. And mm-hmm. there is a trend on TikTok. I don't know how popular it is right now, but it was really popular over the summer. It was called the That Girl trend. Hmm. Whereas it was like, if you want to be that girl, you have to wake up at 5 a.m., journal for an hour, go <laughs> to a yoga class, come back, have an acai bowl, and then journal for another hour. Like it was, it was you know, how to be that bitch, but it uh-huh. all looked the same. And it was very clear to me that none of these women had jobs.
2: Sure. Well, that, yes.
0: Because if you have a job, you're not able to like have a workout class, make a perfect smoothie bowl, hang out, do your meditation. You go to a
2: workout class before the job.
0: You, you, would. There is absolutely no way that somebody would have time to be at work at 9 a.m., and fit in making their bed, a workout class, making a full breakfast, journaling and doing meditation. There's no fucking way. And if there's you
2: can Okay. The summer that I was pretty unhealthy, I would wake up at five AM and I would go to a spin class at six and I would I didn't journal or anything, but I do usually watch like a few hours of T V before I start my day. So that's journaling for me. But there is time. There is time in the morning. I'm just going to say, if you wake up early enough.
0: That being said, you don't have to. Yeah. Like, I just don't think it's possible for most people. I think most people have pretty demanding jobs that they, even if they do have the time, they don't necessarily have the energy. Like, for me personally, if I was waking up at 5 a.m. and doing a full routine and manifesting for three hours in the morning. There's no yeah. way I would have the mental clarity and energy to get as much done in a day as I need to.
2: I know people who do two a days and I don't like some people I think are just like outliers. Like they're just I I would be too tired. Like sometimes I wake up from a dream and I was like, whoa. I was doing a lot in that dream. I'm exhausted. Like, I don't know how people aren't m- more tired from working out before and after work.
0: I've had that happen too. Like, I'll wake up from a dream and be like, oh my God, I thought my day was over.
2: Emily, I have a full job in my dream. You do? What is it? I have a recurring job. It's like kind of similar to Betch's You're a librarian? No, it's like a, it's a media company, but it's in L.A., and
0: oh <laughs> yeah! Wait a second, Remy. You're you're reminding me of this movie that I watched when I was little. It was I think it had Demi Moore in it, uh-huh. and I don't remember the name of it. But she, the whole concept was that she couldn't tell when she was awake and when she was dreaming. <gasps> and when she was awake, wait, no. So she would go to sleep, and sometimes she would wake up in New York City, and she would yeah. be a single lady, like a professional, like like that bitch essentially. Uh And sometimes she would wake up and she'd be in France and she has two daughters and she lives in like the countryside with her mother. Yeah. And she, she couldn't tell the difference between when she was asleep and when she was dreaming. So the whole movie was like, which life is mine and which is an illusion. And what does it mean? You know? Yeah. Oh my God. And I kind of wanted that to be me. Like I've always fantasized about living a double life.
2: Totally. Totally. Or like sliding doors, but my dream, my dream job, <laughs> the job I go to in my dreams, it's been happening for like four months, maybe longer than that.
0: Wow! So you're ready for a promotion?
2: Yeah, and I, Emily, I go to after work drinks with everybody. Like, are every they nice night. to you? Do you yes, like your coworkers? They like me. We have really famous clients, but I wake up so tired. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've gotta try smalls. Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find. But you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. Guys, as many of you know, I've been on an
0: alcohol-free journey. Please don't hold it against me that I just said journey, but I have. And one thing that I've really missed on this. This journey is allowing you to sip and celebrate anytime and anywhere. to get 15% off your first order at athleticbrewing.com. That's code DST at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Listen, working out before work and after work, that's, I mean, I tend to think that's a little excessive, but if that's, if you enjoy doing that and that helps you keep your mental health in check, yeah. I, I don't see a problem with it necessarily. It's only when you don't think you have the option to skip that workout that I think it's a problem. You know, I go through periods where I take breaks from the gym and I think it's really important to normalize taking breaks from the gym, especially for women because we operate on a monthly cycle. We have a lot of hormonal changes throughout the month for obvious reasons. And I'll tell you, I went to the gym on Monday and I was intending to do a full workout. But when I got there, something in my being, just all the energy drained from my body at once. And I saw Mm. all the people on the different machines picking things up and putting them down. And I just thought to myself, that will not be me today. And so I stayed at the gym for maybe like 20 minutes and I did some planks. I did some, you know, body weight exercises, very light. And then I pieced out and I haven't been to the gym since then, since Monday. And yesterday I got my period and I was like, of course, that's why yeah. my energy was yeah, yeah, so yeah. depleted. And it, you, I used to just try to power through that period being like, you don't even have your period and you don't have any energy, you know, right. cause I'm a little yeah, yeah, bully yeah. to myself. For sure. And it's just not worth it because you're not going to even feel like you got a good workout. I think you're much better off when you feel like you don't have it in you that day to just take a rest day and then go back. The gym will always be there for you when you're ready for it.
2: Okay. So here's, I, I have to ask my brother because I have two brothers and one of them is a big workout guy. He was a trainer at one point. He, because of covid got like a peloton and works out in his house a lot and he's very regimented in the way that he works out i think it's also because he's got like adhd and like so do i so like he needs his like schedule but like he really he needs that like working out and he does it at like five which is like a, a normal time i think because it's like after work Or whatever but sometimes it's like right when I've just come over and I'm like (laughs) Jason like
0: you come over and he's on the peloton
2: yeah or he's like doing burpees like in the middle of the living room and there was one time (laughs) that like Ben and I went over there and like he was like okay like I'll just be working out like give me like 45 minutes and we were like in the same room that we're gonna be sitting when in to like talk to your wife and like chill and he's like yeah like I need to so like we're just like sitting there and like catching up and Jason's like (gasps) (sighs) oh god
0: no thank you I don't want to hear your dry heaving just like working out so
2: hard in the same room and like I'm like do you need to do this and he's like no I like actually need to
0: see okay I And I don't know your brother, but like that behavior, I think that you should be able to move your workout if you have company over, like you should be able to make these minor adjustments to your workout schedule without it shattering your entire world. Uh, We'll have to
2: ask him. I'll ask him.
0: Okay. Yeah. I would, I would be curious to hear his take on that. I would too. But circling back to TikTok, I think all of this stuff that we're talking about, it's way less hazardous for people like us who, you know, we're grown, you know, we're in our thirties and we know that if we see something that's bullshit, like we already have formed opinions on that and we're pretty confident in our takes on things. And so if we see a video that's problematic, we're way less likely to be influenced by it. I'm not saying we're not you know, we can't be influenced at all. But when we're talking about adolescent girls... I was
2: going to say, there's a lot of older people getting influenced by false Certainly, there are a lot. On
0: Facebook. (laughs) There isn't definitely. But for people
2: with media literacy, which is what we have, like I'm able to go through a bunch of TikToks and know which ones are personal experience and which ones are hawking a certain lifestyle that's unhealthy.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you can weed it out yourself. but But I think especially for teen girls who, you know, if they're being inundated with all of these similar images of thin women telling them that this is how I eat, this is how I exercise, I think it would be foolish to say that that does not creep into your subconscious. And you start to think that you have to act that way too.
2: Yeah, you know what I was thinking also is the reason why it's not mostly medical professionals or like actual dietitians who are being brought to like the forefront of these conversations and aren't going the most viral is because they don't fit the aesthetic.
0: Yeah, they don't fit the trends. They don't
2: fit the trends, but the people who do fit the trends go more viral. So their word is being seen as like more valuable which is something that I've also noticed in the sex space, you're less likely to have a big following. Even though your work is more researched, even though you speak better, like even though you actually know what you're fucking talking about, there are other creators, writers, podcasters, authors that just like decided to do this. And because they look a certain way, they've been catapulted to a level that is like verified. Like Mm -hmm. I've seen people who are verified for being sex gurus or self-help gurus or diet experts when it's like, they're not an expert. They have 500,000 followers and you verified them because they're recognizable.
0: Yeah, and really they have no background and no education in dietetics.
2: But they're attractive to Mm -hmm. people. And
0: charismatic. And so people
2: watch them, yeah.
0: Have you ever heard of the halo effect?
2: No, what is that?
0: So it has been proven that when you meet a person that you perceive as being attractive, you will automatically think that they are smarter. Yes. And it's funny because I, I almost would think the opposite. Like, mm. I almost would think that if I met, like, a model-esque person, I might think, oh, well, maybe they're dumb, you know? Mm. But, <laughs> but it's actually the opposite has been proven true, that more attractive people, Im- just they just impress people more quickly and more easily. Yeah. And um, people tend to think they're smarter. They win you
2: over. Yes, agreed. Or even if they don't think they're smarter, they value their opinions more because they're like, I want to be. I want to be in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's aspirational. Yeah, it's aspirational. Yeah, and I, you know, we've talked about this before too. I, I wrestle with the kind of content that I put online because I don't want it to be aspirational. I want it to just reflect me. But then at the same time, it, you know, social media is a highlight reel, and you are seeing the highlights of everybody's life and kind of what they want to show you. Totally. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun, but the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Do we want to get into this Dear DST email?
2: I really do. It is so interesting.
0: Okay, great. I'll
2: read it because it's talking about you.
0: That was my thought process.
2: Yeah. Okay, here we go. Dear DST, I loved Emily's body journey episode and I really related to a lot of it. On that same note, I have kind of a more serious topic slash question for you today. Okay, trigger warning. I'm wondering if you guys can talk about the difference between disordered eating and having an eating disorder. I have a long history of struggling with food. It started in high school when I lost over 60 pounds and was eating roughly only 200 to 400 calories a day. I was an athlete and luckily had coaches that spoke up after a few years and held an intervention with my parents. I avoided hospitalization and inpatient recovery. I was diagnosed at the time with the female athlete triad, which I was told was presenting like anorexia. Now, 10 years later, I am much healthier but still struggle and do catch myself repeating old habits sometimes. I'm no longer an athlete and I am not sure how to work through these old habits. I can't help but wonder as well, do I have an eating disorder or is it just disordered eating? Is there a difference? Sincerely, getting over old habits, Betch.
0: Thank you so much for yeah, this question. Yeah, thank you so much for writing us. I love hearing from female athletes because yeah. it's that is a whole other world, especially, you know college athletics. They can be really intense. Mm -hmm. One of my best friends was on a D1 softball team in college. And I saw firsthand the type of workouts that these girls have to do every day during the season. Literally, we're talking about two a days. Oh, yeah. And these were like four a days. These were like whenever they were not in class, they were at the gym or they were at practice.
2: Those people, I was like, how are you alive?
0: I know. I know. And you know, my friend actually ended up quitting her junior or senior year. She just couldn't do it anymore. And she loved playing softball, but the schedule and the training was so intense and she did not have time for anything else. However, from what I saw, the softball team, they were encouraged to eat a lot because they Mm. needed a lot of energy Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm, I'm sure that there were some people on the team that had some kind of disordered eating or compulsive exercise. Like I would not be surprised if that existed, but from what I saw, they were not encouraged to eat, you know, a, a low caloric intake or anything like that. That's good. I think that for some sports, and I've heard this with volleyball, I've heard this with, um, definitely gymnastics yeah. definitely uh cheerleading coaches will show a preference for certain athletes that have a certain look and that look is based on like what the people at the olympics look like in that sport or what you know professional athletes in that division like what the most popular Uh, beach volleyball player. I couldn't name her, but what she looks like, they will model what the team should look like after that. And that is very harmful because as we know, fitness does not have a certain look. And if you look like this professional gymnast, your back handsprings might still suck. So let's keep that in mind. Um, I wanted to also clarify She writes that she was diagnosed with the female athlete triad. I actually didn't know what this was. So I looked it up and the female athlete triad is defined as the combination of disordered eating, amenorrhea, which is the absence of menstruation, and osteoporosis, which is Mm. low bone density. Um, It's fairly common in female athletes because they keep this rigorous exercise schedule And they often don't maintain a sufficient caloric intake, but there's also outside pressure on athletes to have a certain look, which I touched on. So that is what that is. It sounds like in this situation,
2: like her, the athletics actually helped because she had coaches that were like, hey, it's not great.
0: And that's absolutely their job. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's great that she had people looking out for her.
2: Like, I feel like a lot of coaches could be the opposite. Like, I had coaches for ballet and figure skating that literally told me to lose weight.
0: I didn't know you did figure skating.
2: Oh, yeah. You
0: guys, wow. you learn more
2: about me every day.
0: Yeah, and everything <laughs> just makes you seem more like a swan to me.
2: I'm not a swan. I'm just a little guy.
0: <laughs> um, You know, she's asking about the difference between disordered eating and an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I will say that the lines are quite blurry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even when I had an eating disorder, you know, I, I didn't know the difference between having an eating disorder and disordered eating. It was almost like this badge of honor to say that I had an eating disorder when I did. There's like this feeling when you have disordered eating that, oh, I'm not sick enough to warrant that label. Like a lot of girls Mm -hmm. think, oh, I'm not skinny enough to have an eating disorder. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of confusion out there.
2: I literally asked you the other day, I was like, I'm not sure because like through our conversations, I'm like, it sounds like I've had some and I've had people tell me I had eating disorders, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, like I, I feel like that would be like stolen valor. Like yeah. I'm like I was never hospitalized, like
0: and you know, I, I'll I have heard you say that a couple times. Yeah and I have felt that way before too. I used to feel that since I was never hospitalized, since yeah. I was never medically underweight, um, that I did not deserve to recover. Yeah. That I did not deserve recovery because I was not sick enough to warrant recovery. And, and that is just diet culture in another form. Because right. the same behavior that we discourage in people that are, quote, too thin, we encourage in people who are not. And that is what creates the confusion. We diagnose certain bodies with... Um, you know, strict eating plans that resemble what a thin person we would call an eating disorder. I, my sister, a doctor told my sister when she was pregnant that she was gaining too much weight and she should eat 600 calories a day to lose weight. Yep. That is a real thing that happened. But if you told, but if you, but if a really thin person was telling you that they were eating 600 calories a day, that's an eating disorder. So I think, That's why there's a lot of confusion because we have different attitudes about the amount that people eat depending on the size they are. Sure. The main way that you can distinguish disordered eating from an eating disorder is how much it takes over your life. Mm.
2: Yeah. If that's the distinction, then like I have one.
0: I mean, I'm not going to tell you that you do and I'm not going to tell you that you don't. Well,
2: who is there a definition in here? Yeah.
0: So basically, there are three key factors that determine the difference. And, but these are not finite. The, it is not, these definitions are not clear. It's, it's really, and, and also both of these things are totally things that warrant recovery. And whether you have, A full-blown eating disorder or disordered eating, you still deserve recovery.
2: I also would never say that I've had one because I never reached what I thought would be success from an eating disorder, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I've never achieved the greyhound body even though I was starving the bulldog. So I would never say... Like, my, I would never say my life was in jeopardy.
0: Yes, but your quality of life depends on a lot more than mm-hmm. whether you're breathing. Right. And whether your brain is functioning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's just very twisted that we feel like we need to be on the brink of death to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I think I felt like that for a long time. And then I realized, no, I I could actually have a much better quality of life. And I deserve that. I think it's like realizing that you deserve to live a more full life. It doesn't matter about the label. It doesn't matter if you have an eating disorder or if you just have a bad relationship with food. Right. It's still something that totally warrants a change
3: and totally warrants recovery. Selling a little or a lot.
2: so it says the difference between disordered eating versus an eating disorder from the national eating disorders association says there's three key factors behaviors obsession and functionality behaviors are when an individual is struggling with an eating disorder they generally engage in multiple behaviors examples include body checking binge eating restriction purging compulsive behavior or counting of macros calories compulsive exercise etc and i'm sure that's a mix of a few or more
0: yeah if you're exhibiting multiple of those behaviors that's definitely something that can take over your life the second factor is obsession which i admit is hard to gauge um But the level of obsession around eating disorder thoughts and behaviors can distinguish disordered eating from an eating disorder. It can be normal to think about food when you're hungry or what you might have for the next meal. But for those struggling with an eating disorder, the thoughts are generally all consuming. The individual thinks about calories, taste, food avoidance, or where to buy food constantly. And this level of obsession can impair focus the ability to stay present, your sleep, etc. Mhm. So again, the level of obsession, I would say if you're spending more than
2: an hour a day thinking about your body or what you're eating.
0: Yeah. In a
2: in a non-planning way, cuz like p- meal planning or you know, planning for dinner, that's not like obsessive. Yeah, that's
0: all fine and normal. That's but all fine and normal. eating something
2: and then thinking about it for the next 4 hours being like, did I deserve that gas station
0: croissant? My question would be, um, why, why a gas station croissant? It's
2: the only thing that was open last night.
0: All right, you know what? I'm I'll give so it to hungry. you. Hungry? Yeah. No, I. When you're hungry, you gotta eat. Yeah. So the last,
2: the last thing is functionality.
0: The last factor is functionality. When someone's eating patterns, take them away from normal functioning. This to me is the biggest one. This is by far the biggest one. This can be a strong indication of an eating disorder. This can include a woman who will not go out with friends because of the fears around their judgment while she eats. Or perhaps an individual does not attend work or school on more than one occasion due to behavior like a compulsion to exercise. And this used to happen to me all the time. I would not go to parties that I was invited mm. to. Not I would cancel with friends or, mm-hmm. you know, if I was going out to dinner, I would look at the menu. And if nothing felt safe on the menu, I would try to come up with an, uh, an excuse to cancel. Yeah. Um, the isolation is something that I would add to that when you yeah. find yourself isolating from other people because you're the only one who can be with you essentially and can sit with these behaviors and and not judge you, then you might have a problem.
2: Yeah. So, okay, not to make it about me, but I am thinking about myself in this conversation because um, you're saying you were very, very isolated during a lot of this. And I'm thinking about back when I did that master cleanse and like, was literally starving myself for like 10 days, I would still go to dinner with people. Wow. Like kind of proudly and like bring my mixture and have them put it in a different cup and just like sit with people and stuff. So that feels confusing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly... It is confusing, and this is why there's confusion around what the difference is. Like I it's not like I never went to a restaurant and brought my own dressing. Okay. I certainly did that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would go to restaurants and I would bring that disgusting guar gum, Walden's Farm Zero Calorie Ranch. Yeah. It's so well, I guess disgusting. That's a
2: form of isolation in itself. Like even yeah. though you're at the table you're bringing like your own meal or like totally. the thing that makes it okay for you.
0: Totally. Um, but you know, all in all, I would say basically what I said before is like, there how are, how much is it
2: impacting your life?
0: Yeah. How much is it impacting your life? It, it's, it's not really about putting a label on it because disordered eating, eating disorders, they're both serious. And, and also one has the potential to become the other, and that's mm-hmm. what's so scary about them is that there are so many people walking around with disordered eating and maybe they'll become eating disorders and maybe they won't. But we encourage this behavior in our society, even if you don't think that you fit into the mold of what ha- what a person with an eating disorder has, just look at your life and think, could I be living better? Could I be happier? Could sure. I feel better? Could I have more mental clarity? Could I focus less of my time and attention on food? And if the answer to those questions is yes, then Mm -hmm. you absolutely deserve recovery. And I feel like I always end up saying the same thing, but it's really, Mm -hmm. I really want to hammer this home that like you don't need to be on the brink of death. to to seek help. It's the same thing with therapy. Like You don't need your life to be in shambles, to want to turn your life around. You can just see areas in which your life can improve and you can seek out help for it.
2: Yeah. I think it would be interesting to talk to somebody who could definitely tell you one way or another, whether it's an eating disorder or disordered eating. But either way, if you feel like it's affecting your life this much, yeah, look into getting help.
0: Totally. Um, And thank you again for writing in.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I
0: I loved this question. I thought it was really It opened
2: up. I I feel like I know a lot of people with female athlete triad, and I just had never heard it put that way before. But like, yeah, everybody lost their periods. Everybody had osteoporosis. As I say this, I'm like, that is so fucked up that it was just so commonplace that like it wasn't given a name. It was just like, yeah, that happens.
0: I'm sure many of um, the girls that you danced with lost their period, right? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. lost my
2: period before. Oh, you did? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I lost my period in my eating disorder, and it is extremely bad for you.
2: Mm-hmm. And if
0: that happens to you, please go see a doctor. And that's just a side note. It's it's really – I mean, when my period came back, I didn't – I hadn't had it for about a year. And I was really scared that I was going to never be able to have kids. Yeah. I thought that I permanently fucked up my whole being. Yeah. Um, and when it came back, I realized what a gift it is just to be able to menstruate. And y- there's no reason why you should stop having your period. If you do, then you should definitely seek medical assistance. Mm-hmm.
2: We'll have to do an episode on, on periods and body function because yeah. it, it is such a, a bigger factor than what we think.
0: Totally. So we'll save that for another day. But we'll
2: save that for another day.
0: But that's it for today's episode, you guys. Be sure to send your dear DSTs and any other questions to dst.betches.com to get them answered.
2: Follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. If you like this episode, please write us a review. And don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And then, of course, follow me at Remy Casimir.
0: Follow me at Lubination. And we're always with you.
2: Through Thick and Thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by
0: Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.